Welcome to Behave Intelligently, an uncensored exploration of behavior in the workplace, life, and the larger world. I'm your host, Jay Johnson. Thank you for joining this week's edition, where we're going to talk about habits. I'm joined by some behavioral all-stars from Coeus Creative Group. Mark Garrison. Hello. Madison Bennett. Hola. And Stephanie Sim. Hi, everybody. So how has COVID started to change behaviors and habits around the world? And I thought that would be an interesting topic for us to discuss this uh, this lovely week here, now that we're, I think, most of us are about six weeks in into the quarantine. Um, but I wanted to ask a question before we even got into what habits we have, but what is a habit to you? And what do you think about when you hear the word habit? For habit, I, I start to think more of a, I want to say routine or something that you practice regularly. Okay. So something that is a regular action, behavior, some sort. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What about you, Madison? What do you think of when you think of the word habit? Uh, kind of along the same terms as Mark, you know, something that is a repeated action or behavior that you do frequently. Okay. So I'm going to ask for the two of you before I go to Stephanie and kind of her thoughts on it, but do you think it has to be an action? Could a habit be a way of thinking or a thought process? I think it can be all those things. Okay. Stephanie, what are your thoughts? What do you think when you think the word habit? I think... I think that it's something that you have consciously or subconsciously trained yourself to do over a period of time. And it can be an action or it can be a thought process. Like negative self-talk is a habit, a bad habit. And that's not something you physically do, but it's internal. But I think the key part is the training that pavlovian aspect of it <laughs> that conditioning that yeah well you know conditioning is a big part of our habit behaviors and our habit responses you know one of the things that i like to think of in terms of habit because one of the questions i get asked a lot is well what's the difference between a habit and a routine you know we all have a a morning routine you know wake up turn off your alarm go to the bathroom let the dogs out make a cup of coffee whatever those you know behaviors are that are part of your routine. Well, what's the difference between that and habit? And I, the way that I try to share with people and, and sort of looking at that is habits are often a part of your routine, but a habit is actually something that is a very structured process for human beings. So there's four stages essentially, and that kind of goes through the, the cue something cues your initial reaction to it. So that's where you notice um, a potential reward. So say, for example, it's the middle of the afternoon, you're tired, you're starting to feel sleepy, and all of a sudden you get this craving for a cup of coffee. Well, when you started to feel sleepy, that was your cue. The craving is the second part. You start to have, okay, well, I need a cup of coffee right now. And at that point in time, these things are going on in your brain and they're telling you, I got to get up. I got to get that cup of coffee. And it's motivating you towards that. That's when you have your response. You get up, you make the cup of coffee, you drink it. And then the fourth stage is the reward. 
So for a habit, it's really about cue, craving, response, and then reward. And once we get that reward and all of a sudden our brain reacts to that and says, okay, I was tired. I wanted a cup of coffee. I had a cup of coffee. I feel more alert, more stimulated. That's a great thing. Now, every time that I start to feel like I'm starting to get tired, I might have that desire for coffee. That is really the formation of habit. So when we think about habits, we've obviously been thrust into a very different position. And uh, I was curious, what are what are some of the uh, habits that you've either heard about or that you've started to do yourself? And, you know, how did you maybe get to the point of doing those habits? Uh, personally, for me, um, so there are two big habits that I have developed since um, being under the stay-at-home order, being stuck in the house. Uh, I have been staying up way too late every night not like I'm like doing something I'm literally just laying in my bed but I think that's just due to like increased anxiety and stuff like that which kind of keeps me up at night I've always been a night owl so I mean even before this I would stay up till midnight no problem um but aside from that I have been working out a lot more um it's definitely been more regular I always went to the gym and stuff but when you're going to work um Five days a week and being in the office, it can be harder to have that motivation to go to the gym. But I feel like being in quarantine has helped me stick to that um, and at least get some kind of physical activity every day. But again, it's also a little bit easier because I'm stuck in the house and I I don't have much to do outside of work and <laughs> playing Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> right. So now are you experiencing, when you're like staying up too late, is it feeling like a sense of insomnia, like you want to go to sleep or is it more of you're just kind of hanging out and the brain doesn't shut off or talk me through that? I'd say it's like kind of like insomnia. Um, There are some nights where like I want to go to bed at like, it'll be like two in the morning. I'll be trying to go into bed and it'll take me like a whole other hour to even start to feel drowsy to fall asleep. Uh, it just depends um, on my day, on, you know, what time I kind of wound down. I usually do, like, try to be in my room, like, with the door shut and everything by 10. But I don't know. It's just I, I find myself not being able to sleep at night. And I think that also has to do with the fact that everything's kind of blurred together. So, like, sure. this, is a, this is a one time a night where I'm, like, spending it to myself to kind of mindless, mindlessly do nothing, like go through my phone, scroll, scroll through social media, binge watch something. So, I mean, maybe technology is playing a factor in that too, but <laughs> I guess it's, I mean, that's was... always been around before, but there isn't this urgency where like I have to wake up at like seven in the morning to leave for the office by like eight. Instead, I'm waking up at eight thirty and just working in my pajamas for the good portion of the morning. <laughs> I think you're violating your own rules, Madison. I know I am. <laughs> That's all right. We'll forgive you. We'll extend the grace during this time. No, it's interesting you say that, though, because I think a lot of people are actually experiencing insomnia. Um, and something else interesting is there's reports that people are experiencing 
uh, vivid dreams or more dreams and in dream states in this. And that can definitely be a result of uh, anxiety. But it's interesting that you did mention technology. There's a lot of really, really good research that suggests turning off your technology 30 minutes before you go and lay down, whether that's, you know, picking up a book instead of watching the television, um, because the essentially whatever it is in the screens end up tricking our mind into thinking it's more daylight than it actually is. So that's my diagnosis of you, Madison. No more social media <laughs> at night. Good luck with that one. Yeah, yeah right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> do as we say, not as we do, people. <laughs> All right, Mark, what about you? <laughs> right, you know, habits, that's a, that's a challenge because I'm trying to think. Right now, I, I can't think that I've developed any kind of new habits it would probably be i stopped in-store shopping so much that was probably a bad habit i, I just broke um, <laughs> and so that might be something that when when we can resume normal schedules that i may not have anymore sure well and i mean that's we'll have to, we'll have to test that though because i'm i'm sure i'm going to break it as soon as i can and go back to the stores but i mean either that or i can totally see it just being you know the binge you know shopping moment the the moment that this comes to an end it'd be like any time that i was traveling you know internationally or anything else and gone for 14 days it's like oh i haven't had any terrible american food for 14 days and then i'd get back and all of a sudden that craving would hit it's kind of you right. Know, so maybe that'll, maybe you'll stem your bad shopping habit, or maybe, you know, you'll have a very maybe. tough week after. <laughs> it could go either way. And I've, I've even reined in some online shopping too, which is super easy and easy to do right now. Yeah. So I almost want to say I've spent a lot more time practicing breaking potential bad habits than creating new good ones. Well, I'm surprised that you said you're reining in your online shopping. I would think that online shopping would kind of be all the rage right now. So how how did you do it? How did you stop yourself? Um, my wife is a germ freak. So any packages I would have ordered would have had to stay in the garage for like a week <laughs> and a half anyways, being sprayed down with Lysol. So I've just been like, oh, I know as soon as that gets here, I'm going to want that. Is it worth it? to be tortured with it just sitting in the garage being sprayed down for, you know, multiple days. Nah, I'll wait. I'll wait a little bit longer until I can actually get the package. And it just, I keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And then, nah, do I really need it? Nah. Well, and it's so interesting that you're talking about that. That's, you know, the, the stages of buyer's remorse that if you're in a store and you really want something and then you put it into your cart and find yourself taking it out of your cart by the time that you get to the front, you know, to the front counter. That is an example of how essentially <laughs> the brain goes through a process of I want it, instant gratification, and eh, maybe I don't, and I actually don't need this, and I'll wait. <laughs> so you're a nightmare. <laughs> you're a nightmare for Amazon shopping, Mark. <laughs> Right. So, but I did find it interesting to say, 
that you said about, you know, stopping habits or, or changing habits. And I think that's something we should, we should definitely approach, you know, later on, but I want to hear from Stephanie, Stephanie, what are some habits that you have created or generated or stopped? Yeah, I think that a good habit I've created is I've been more intentional about calling my friends. We had kind of monthly phone calls established in the past, but with all this extra time, uh, I was thinking about how nice it would be to talk more often. And so we've been upping that to weekly calls and it's just been really nice to intentionally focus on that relationship building and reconnect in a more regular way. Well, that's awesome. So making connections where connections might have been a little bit lost before, so changing the behavior in that way, that sounds like a, a really fruitful endeavor. So Yeah, and you did mention the weird dreams earlier, and I have to say I've been having them, and I've been trying to keep a dream journal, and I'm not the best at keeping it right now, but that is a habit, a habit in process. Okay, so developing that as a new habit. Yes. Well, that's great. So if we think about habits and we think about the cue, craving, response, reward, and sort of that element, I can tell you one of mine has been, um, and I've always had a habit of coffee, but my coffee intake has gone through the roof. Like every time, and I know what it is, it's like when I'm up in my, up in my office and I'm up and working and then the moment that I go downstairs for anything, whether it's to grab a snack or whether it's to do whatever, it's I have created this, essentially this cue that when I open the door back to my downstairs, like I immediately want a cup of coffee and I want to take a cup of coffee up with me. And it's it's now to the point that I am, I'm using one of my own strategies to reduce this. I, uh, I'm using habit uh, substitution strategy to, instead of taking coffee every single time, I'm, I'm drinking tea. And that's actually another one that I've seen a couple of people say that they've really increased their tea intake. In fact, one of our very own at Coeus, Carolyn Ellis said, she's been drinking way too much tea and picking up a new hobby each week. So yoga, drawing, music, um, and she's trying to uh, keep a sense of normalcy and limit her social media usage. So she's adding in all these hobbies. Question though, um, you've replaced coffee with tea. Are they still both caffeinated? Uh, the tea I actually got, I got one set of tea that is not caffeinated and I got another set of tea that is caffeinated. And if I'm to be perfectly honest with you, I actually like the taste of the non-caffeinated tea better than I like the taste of the caffeinated tea. So I've been actually mostly just drinking the non-caffeinated tea. Okay, so you you are breaking the caffeine habit a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So um, yeah, some of my other endearing habits have definitely increased, but <laughs> I'll call them less endearing. Um, the other thing that I have noticed, though, is I have been much more intentional. Uh, and, and it's funny that Stephanie had mentioned intentionality because I've been much more intentional about looking at some of the different things that I've had in my life that were convenience. Like for example, um, K cups, you know, the little plastic cups for coffee. And I realized that as I was intaking more coffee, I was going through more K cups. And like, I started to get 
a little annoyed with myself. I'm like, oh, look at all these K-cups. I, I really just need to stop using these. So now every time I see those K-cups, uh, I went and I got from the grocery store this tiny little uh, metal reusable one. So I've been grinding my own coffee and putting it in that, um, which then has actually inspired me to look at a handful of other things that were plastics or convenience plastics, I guess, in my life. And I'm like, all right, I can probably reduce that or I can probably get rid of that now. And uh, I would say like the number of things that ended up in the recycle bin has drastically reduced over the last couple of weeks. So I guess that's maybe a, a good habit or a positive habit that I've started to pick up in relation to <laughs> the negative habit of trying to drink more coffee than I think a Dunkin' Donuts has in its, uh, in its entire year's worth of supply. <laughs> you know, and actually on that topic, um, as most of you know, I did a cruise in late January and it was on Norwegian Cruise Line. And one of the things they have now is they've replaced all of their bottles of water with uh, cardboard or paper cartons of water eliminating all the plastic bottles and uh, eliminating plastic straws. So, you know, that's something I thought was really fascinating and trying to look at um, doing something similar in my house. I drink a lot of uh, soda or pop and I do like straws. So I've actually, one of the things I've been looking at on Amazon is the reusable straws, the uh, like stainless steel ones and things like that. So maybe I'll eventually pull that trigger when I get back into shopping mode. Get the stainless steel ones. Do not get the paper ones. The paper ones end up. Oh, they're terrible. Smartly getting back on track here. Um, another comment that we thought was pretty interesting is uh, one of our friends, Soren Dinitsen from Denmark. And so Soren is a trainer. He's, he's an exceptional trainer, really, really talented guy. And one of the things that he trains on is like a laugh session. So he goes in and he teaches corporations and businesses, organizations, um, how to laugh and how to like use laughter in order to increase uh, dopamine and increase the mood and elevate the, uh, you know, the entire feelings behind people inside of the office. And he has been doing a five minute uh, laughter session every morning and he's trying to get people to join in on that. So he gets between two and 18 people and every day, five minutes, they do a laugh session and uh, it's just been making his morning better. So he's incorporated that from his business into his personal life to try to increase the amount of endorphins and, and, and all of that. So pretty cool habit to increase. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I'm doing the same thing, but with crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Stephanie, I'm going to send you a, a link to Soren and maybe you can connect with him. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Uh, I appreciate that. I will give it a go. Very good. Um, our friend Kai from Estonia has been hiking in the nature almost every single day, which is uh, obviously something... Now that is actually an interesting article that had come up is there, you know, there's been a lot of studies and everything about how nature can actually transform the way that we think it can have a huge impact on our brain function and it can elevate the mood. Um, it's really interesting right now, you know, in some parts of the world, it's okay to go out and go into the woods and everything else. And in some parts it's pretty strict at stay at home. 
So not only are you isolated, but you're losing the ability to even to be outside or to be in nature or anything else. And I wonder what kind of long-term impacts that might end up having on people. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine some of the places where they can't at least get outside a little bit um, to get some nature, get fresh air, maybe see some sunshine. You know, we talked a little bit on a previous episode, us being in Michigan, we don't get a ton of sunshine, but just some of that nice sunny days can really change us here. Can't imagine being trapped indoors without any kind of nature. Right. Yeah. Our friend Angela Fossey from here in Michigan, she said one of the things that she's been doing is emailing, texting, and using snail mail more, which I thought was really interesting. Like lockdown, well, okay. Write a letter, get that letter out to somebody or, you know, actually sending some kind of package. That's a, that's a pretty awesome thing to incorporate. But so these habits, do you think that some of these habits in general will stick post quarantine? I mean, is this that dream reality where we get to try out different behaviors or, um, you know, Madison, do you think that your exercise habit's going to stick post quarantine? Stephanie, do you think your, um, well, hopefully not the morning sessions that you're having recently, but maybe the laugh sessions in the future, but do you think some <laughs> of yours are going to stick post quarantine? What, what are your thoughts on that? I think mine's going to stick at least the frequency at which I talk with my friends, just because it's been so nice. I'm wondering why I wasn't doing it before. And so of course I'll want to keep up that same level of communication. Um, you know, rather than catching up after a long time and hearing just this flood of events um, that you missed out on, it's nice to kind of be there in the moment and hear about life as it happens. So just out of curiosity, what is it like when you decide that you're going to reach out to somebody or an old friend or a message, what is it that cues you to do that? Like what is it when you're scrolling through social media? Is it you're just sitting there? Maybe you're feeling a little bored. What is it that you're like, you know what? I haven't talked to Mark in a long time. I'm, I'm just going to reach out. Yeah, I guess it's that. I've been having such a tidal wave of emotions that I have been having trouble balancing myself. And when that happens, I tend to reach out to other people. And so it's like, I can't deal with myself right now. I need to talk to somebody else and that'll be a fun thing to engage in. And that'll, um, I want to hear how they're doing and then I won't have to focus on the tornado of my day, whether it's boredom or sadness or just exhaustion and it's just a way to be engaged with another person and exit that negative space that I've been kind of trapped in. Yeah, that's actually uh that's a really good strategy for that. So when people are experiencing anxiety or frustration or any of those things kind of turning their signals outward and either demonstrating empathy or making a connection to the outside of themselves is a really, really functional way to help mitigate some of the impacts of that. So very proud of you. That's, that's a great strategy. But... I just want to clarify that it's not like I need to feel better. So I'm going to use someone to do this. It's also like, wow, if I'm feeling all of these things, then I can only imagine what 
everyone else is feeling or like my friend Skylar and I should check in on her because if I'm feeling this way and she's feeling similarly or something else big and tornado-y, then we should check in on each other. So it's hopefully a reciprocal thing and maybe she could use someone else to talk to like me. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, and it's, and it's interesting you say that knowing that you're in our behavioral elements profile of water, um, it is most absolutely all about the other person most of the time rather than necessarily that internal person. But it's still one of those things where thinking outside and kind of collaborating yourself towards, uh, you know, supporting somebody else, but also at the same time, feeling some of that psychological relief. That's great. That's absolutely great. Madison, what about you? Are you going to be able to stick to your exercise afterwards? Um, I think it's going to be in a different form. Um, obviously, like once we get back to normal routines, I'm not going to drop everything in the middle of the day to work out. Um, but I'm hoping that I can at least stick to it to some extent. I know that seven days a week is not attainable uh, under regular circumstances so as long as I can reach a normal goal um, or at least try to do something like that for myself every day I wouldn't say it's necessarily even like the exercise it's just taking that moment out of my day to kind of do something for me Um, it's been a big help for me to get through this mentally and to be able to focus on something else um, that isn't COVID or work because those are the only two things that seem to be like happening at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope so. I'm going to try my best, but um, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. Mark, what about you? We talked a little bit about your shopping habit, but. Yeah. I mean, just to clarify earlier, I don't spend a lot of money i don't buy a lot of things i just like actually just the shopping side of it not the purchasing side this is where you and i Um, deviate my friend so i mean i i do i do my fair share of purchasing but i am not a purchase aholic i'm more of a shopaholic i like the looking and browsing um i love going to the grocery store and just walking up and down all the aisles and looking at things um that stuff is yeah, it's still going to happen, I think. Um, but I think there's going to be a, a slight reduction in the the quantity or the amount of, of shopping I do. Because um, I really think that this stay-at-home time for everybody has really, um, from what I'm seeing, sort of allowed people to slow down their lives a little bit. I mean, maybe we slowed down way too much, but... Um, we were always busy working, going here, going there, doing this, doing that other thing, you know, that you didn't get a lot of time to create a balance in life. And so I think that's sort of the habit that I'm working on creating, uh, somewhere in this process, you know, um, so not really tied to the shopping, um, but creating that work life balance moving forward and what that looks like, I don't fully know yet. But I think looking at things from a, all right, we don't need to do everything. We don't need to do it so quickly. Um, Yeah, I can order something online, but maybe I don't need it overnighted. Maybe I don't need it tomorrow morning, those kinds of things. Um, I think I also see a lot of people posting and sharing online that 
you know, they're trying to support local. So I think that's a habit that a lot of people will um, hopefully keep going uh, moving forward, that they're buying from their local mom and pop shops or local businesses instead of going with the big brand uh, online store or going to the big box store. Maybe they, they use their, their local stores and businesses more often. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing that um, I, I think you hit on a couple of things that are just fascinating, like the the slowing down for just a moment and sort of looking through and trying to find a little bit more of that work-life balance or or even, you know, I think the thing that you, you hit on that's the most interesting is that people are learning patience. You have to. Yeah. You're not going to get your package overnight right now. You're not going to be able to just immediately satisfy whatever your needs are. And and I hate to say this, and and I don't mean this in a completely mean way, but um, you know, all of us here living in uh, living in the United States, we have uh, we've we've got a little bit of um, what do they call that? Uh, help me out here. We're completely, uh, we have expectations. Yeah, expect instant gratification. Yeah. We have, uh, we just know that, well, we can just go to the grocery store and there's, it's going to have milk and it's going to have toilet paper and it's going to have hand sanitizer and it's going to have Clorox wipes. And we expect that. And then when that expectation's not met, people are freaking out because of it. And I think that now it's almost one of those things where maybe some of those things won't be taken for granted. What do you think, Steph? Oh, the word. I think the word is privilege. Yes, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. So we've had a lot of, we have a lot of privileges. And I think this is highlighting some of the fact that when those privileges are not as easily accessible and when uh, we don't, have the things that we expect or think that we have it creates a psychological reaction for better or worse and i'm not saying that's not a value judgment it's just there's an expectation the expectation is not met therefore a behavior occurs and for some people that looks like protests for some people it looks like locking themselves indoors and for some other people it is you know researching for 60 hours to better understand the unknowns it's just when i i I think a lot of people too on that are going to be better. A new habit that they're going to have is planning. I mean, prior to this, a lot of people couldn't plan further out than a couple days of their lives. Now with what you're talking about, some scarcity of items and stuff, people have had to really start to plan further, further out. And I think that's a habit that a lot of people might keep. Um, I mean, kind of, Kind of to that, I would say that I'm experiencing the opposite. Like, now I don't want to plan because I planned a lot of things in advance, and now they're all canceled <laughs> or postponed. Um, so now I'm like, well, I mean, that was kind of pointless. <laughs> For once, I planned out, uh, you know, a trip and going to this event. But obviously, you know, things <laughs> happen and coronavirus happens, so... <laughs> those things are not happening or have been postponed um, and kind of trying having to deal with like rescheduling and like the airlines and all of that stuff and flight changes after I already spent the money and planned all this stuff. It's kind of frustrating and it makes me like not want to plan in the future now. 
spoken just like a fire. I feel you, Madison. I'm like, you know what? I had all these plans. I spent time doing that. I'm done with it. Next time I'm just operating as quickly as I can. <laughs> when I And I agree with that. I think, I think social planning, I think you're 100% on. I think any kind of social planning is going to be, uh, people are going to be very leery of. Um, what I was talking about with planning is more um, day-to-day stuff, either bills, groceries, supplies, or, um, you know, where they might be traveling just that day. Doomsday prepper stuff. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have a, a stock of Clorox and, and some other items, you know, tucked into a bunker somewhere just in case things go awry again. <laughs> so let's take a look at a couple of things here. A lot of people have been developing interesting habits. They've stopped some things that maybe they've been doing before. They're continuing or improving or heightening things that they've been doing. So a couple of quick tips if you want to be looking at changing your habits. Um, And it's interesting because listening to my colleagues here, I heard these things coming into play. The two easiest and fastest ways to change your behaviors are to increase barriers and to decrease barriers. So if you wanna start a behavior, you're gonna decrease the barriers that would stop you from starting it. So for example, in Madison's uh, scenario, Madison has started to work out seven days a week at the same time. Barriers for that occurring were her time, uh, work, um, you know, being able to go out, be social or so on and so forth. Well, COVID reduced all of those barriers and thus the behavior starts to set in and it fulfills a purpose Um, versus somebody like Mark who is stopping a behavior or has slowed down a behavior. uh, You know, the ease of access of just going to the store and shopping was so easy, but now there's, you know, legal restrictions and barriers. There's also... uh, challenges and those types of challenging behaviors, any of those barriers that are now sitting in the way have stopped the the actual habit from occurring. And that's really how we can do this, whether we're in quarantine or not, is behaviors we want to start, make it easier to do them. Behaviors we want to stop, make it easier or make it harder in order to execute those behaviors. So say you want to stop snacking make sure that you take your snacks and you put them outside and put them into your garage. Why? Because at that point in time, it's going to be harder to get to those snacks and it's going to be a huge challenge for you to just, you know, grab something and walk away with it. It could even be something where with, in my situation with the shopping, if I'm now going grocery shopping once a month, I've got to plan out the entire month. So maybe I don't buy as many snacks or sugar-based items. And now I have that restraint of not going to the store again this Friday and next Friday and the Friday after. That's a way to put those barriers into place as well. Yeah, absolutely. So when we see when we see some of these barriers pop up on different behaviors that uh, on different behaviors that we want to stop doing. So moving, you know, the food in the pantry, another barrier, for example, if you want to reduce your social media time, um, 
delete the apps off of your phone and log in and log out every single time that you want to look at Facebook. I guarantee you by adding in those small behavior or small barriers, it will reduce the amount of time that you want to spend on there because we lose that convenience. Um, if you want to start a behavior, reduce the barriers to it. So if you want to work out more, set your work clo workout clothes close to you, you know, so that way when you wake up, you immediately see it, you have that visual cue and boom, you're off and running. If you want to continue journaling uh, your dreams afterwards, make sure that dream journal is sitting nice and close by. So when you wake up, you grab that dream journal and you just keep doing it. Um, you want to make sure that you're reaching out to friends like Stephanie had suggested. Reduce the barriers, you know, whatever those barriers are to actually calling them, whether that was time, energy or effort. Give yourself a visual cue and reduce the barriers to actually reaching out to them. And that's really the fastest way for you to change behaviors. So what do you think, Madison? Do you think you'll be able to reduce any of the barriers of normal life to make sure that you can keep that uh, keep that streak up? We'll see. Does this mean I get to leave in the middle of the workday to go work out? You know what? I would let you go and work out in the middle of the workday. I like you that much, and I think that you would be just as productive by doing so. Well, you know, careful, because we have that on recording now. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I know. Right. I think one of the things that uh, I want to leave our audience with is behaviors are are tricky. They can be tough to change, you know, whether they're behaviors that we want, behaviors that we want to start, uh, behaviors that we don't want. But at the end of the day, if you utilize an understanding of, of the, like the principles of behavioral intelligence, it's one of those things where you're going to be able to step yourself into a place where you can reduce barriers for the things you want to start, increase barriers for the things you want to stop, and hopefully manage to continue all the good positive behaviors that you had during this COVID, COVID crisis. So without further ado, I would uh, ask my friends any final thoughts that you would like to leave with our audience before we close out. I would say um, be kind to yourself when we're making this transition back into normal life. Um, I know we want to keep these habits up, but the pressure to do so can sometimes be overwhelming and be a lot for someone mentally. So just remember that you're doing the best that you can. I think that's great advice. I would say to all the employers out there that are listening is to give some flexibility with their employees, their staff, as they adapt to whatever the new normal will be um, and encourage some of these new habits that people are having to occur still. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I agree with that 100%, right? Like we hit, we have a reset button. We have a little bit of a reset button and, and, you know, for better or worse, it's time like this that people have started to evaluate their situations their behaviors their actions and fostering from an employment perspective fostering those positive behaviors or giving the people the opportunity to foster those positive behaviors is something that i think that any good leader or any good organization would take to heart I think that's cool. Yeah, that's I that's that I do want to be clear that it is positive behaviors. So wearing pajamas <laughs> all day, that doesn't necessarily have to keep happening. I think that that was yeah. I think that that was uh, implied. I t I took it that way. Steph okay. Stephanie, your final thoughts? 
Yeah, I want to reinforce what Jay said earlier about habits not necessarily being measurable actions. I think that some of the most worthwhile ones can be internal. Like, it is a worthwhile habit to notice yourself and notice how you're feeling. And if that's what you're getting out of this time, that's amazing and good for you. And I hope you keep noticing yourself because that matters. That's incredible advice. I mean, that's awareness is the linchpin to understanding ourselves and understanding our behavior. So couldn't have said it better. Excellent. Well, with that being said, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Behave Intelligently. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Coeus Creative Group, visit our website or connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Tune in next time when we talk more about behaving intelligently.